This is Urban Tiger Radio, a project supported by CybermouseMultimedia.com, sponsors of our free weekly podcasts. Search for Urban Tiger Radio in the iTunes Store or on Stitcher.com and hit the subscribe button to receive free automatic downloads. Please remember to share and rate our show before you leave. Hello and welcome to Kellam Island Disc number six. My interview with the band Treebeard. Now, I've known Treebeard for quite some time, but to be honest, I've not paid them the attention that they deserve. And I went to see them last Friday night at the cross sides at Derbyshire Lane after someone sent us on a bit of a wild goose chase telling us that they were at Totley, which they obviously weren't when we got there. And they were absolutely foot-stompingly magnificent. And I thought, I cannot miss doing an interview with Treebeard. I wouldn't know how to describe their music or what genre to put it in. But what I will do is I'll allow Chris from Treebeard to do that for you. So, hello Chris. Now, Hi. I know you as Chris, and, uh, and various people know you as Chris Treebeard. Another band is called Treebeard, and I apologise for having ignored you in the past, yeah. basically because I thought your music was slightly off my radar. But maybe it's me that's come round towards it, or maybe it's you that's come round towards me, I don't know. But one thing I'd like to clear up first is the name. So I only know you as Chris, so yeah. can you enlighten me? Yeah, I'm Chris McMahon. About 10 years ago, I got nicknamed Chris Treebeard, probably because I was possibly the most recognisable person in the band and also because I used to have a massive beard at that point. Well, uh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's how that came about. Uh, <clears throat> on, I think it's on uh, YouTube, I used the name Chris Gabadon, which is purely that was when we first set up a record label, we used the name Gabadon Records for that. So, so how did that come about? We were in we were in a progressive rock band back in the eighties, my brother Paul and myself, and we we just produced an album, and we were uh, we were signed signing a distribution deal with Pinnacle Records, and they they gave us a contract to sign, and they said, okay, what's your record label name? And we were just like, what record label? We don't have a record label. We just you know, recorded some tracks in our basement, and we <laughs> wanted to put them out an LP. So we basically we used to have this old van that had got nicknamed Gabadon. And we wrote a song, a kind of comic song based on the van. So we just said, well, Gabadon Records, and that was it. And it's a name we've used ever since for all the releases. So that's how that came about. And I think Treebeard had probably already been used on YouTube. So I just said, right, if I can't be Chris Treebeard, I'll be Chris Gabadon and there. But Chris Treebeard is the common nickname. Uh, yeah, so whichever one you are, you're a sight to behold this afternoon because <laughs> you've got a Treebeard t-shirt on with a, with a green man logo that probably needs a wash yeah um, tell me what the other was oh, gandalf i there's, think there's a, there's a wizard there definitely right. gandalf like okay. yeah green man there we were at a farmer phil's festival and we found this fantastic little stall that was producing all all these sort of brooches brooches and things and they had they had the green man one and i saw that and I thought oh that's great and I think they were about a tenner or something. So I said, oh, yo, can you do us a discount for five of them so I can buy one for all the band members? Yeah. So we got those. And there's a bit of a, bit of, a, a bit of old Celtic stuff there that I picked up at a festival somewhere. That's got a bit of a tail behind it. I lost it once for ages and I thought it was gone forever. 
and then I was digging some spuds on my allotment and I found it. <laughs> and it must have been <coughs> in the ground for years. Yeah. Oh, you can't be you can't be a very good uh, gardener, otherwise there'd have been two of them. No, uh, so where does the pig come from? That's a little guinea pig. Uh, of oh, a guinea pig. Of, yeah, of, that, yeah, of all small small furry things, they're probably my favourites. We've got three at the moment. We have quite a lot of pets, mainly rescue animals. Uh, yeah. My partner Kerry and myself. Right. We we, have... we used to have a guinea pig here and. Mm. Uh, Tim put it in the bed one Sunday morning while I was yes, asleep yeah. and the damn thing bit me toe. <laughs> <laughs> Fastest I've ever been out of bed on a Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, I've so, never done anything worse than poo in the house. But oh, we, right. I used to bring them in the house, but now we've got cats as well. So yeah, the guinea pigs yeah. in the garden, the cats yeah. in the house. So, right, your music, as I mentioned, uh, I mean, I've known of you for a long, long mm. time and I apologise again for having ignored you. And as I said about the music coming closer to my radar now, I went to see you last Friday night at the Cross Size at Totley. Yeah. I've already explained that I went to the wrong Cross Size first. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> and uh, But we got there in time to see your set, and I was absolutely blown away. And, and, and a lineup of people that I actually know two of, anyway. Right. And uh, I know Paul, and I, yeah. I know Anna from way back right. way way back 20 yeah. years ago she tells me although mm. she doesn't look that much different does she no so it was a it was a cracking evening so how would you describe your kind of music at, at the moment we're at the moment we're calling ourselves celtic folk rock uh we you we used to describe it as heavy wood which was uh <laughs> is a, is a name no again i stole off some friends from back in the 80s uh when we were playing progressive rock more more so yeah much more noisy rock stuff there was this duo who used to support us playing all acoustic guitars and they were very they were kind of acoustic but not folk if you know what i mean yeah. kind of a, a bit roy harperish that kind of thing and they described their music as heavy wood and and when when i was first putting tree beer together so that's such a great name. Someone should still be using that, yeah. so I nicked it. You could have called yourself uh, Mahogany, except yeah. there is, there is a, one called Mahogany, Ma- isn't there? There is a band, and there's a band yeah. in Sheffield called Mahogany Newt, who yeah. again are friends. Yeah, I've been to see used, them. You take your earplugs. Definitely. Their yeah. drummer used to... In fact, there's another connection there. Their drummer's French Freddie, who used to play with me in Silverwheel, which was a band that Anna was all, all, also in. So that's right. going back about 15 or more years. So we're all... I think the whole Sheffield music scene, whether it's rock or folk or whatever, yeah. we're all interconnected in some well, ways or other. I remember Anna from Kingfisher Blue. Kingfisher Blue, that's where I first and, saw her. And uh, Jake from mm, Kingfisher yes. Blue is going to come up and do an interview with oh, me yeah. in, a, in a week or two. And so th- that could well be interesting. I've known Jake a long time. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. hello from me. And he's got a good background. Mm. So we'll look forward to that one. But, but for now, just tell me something about the genesis of the band. How did you actually get it off the ground floor? What was the moment it sat in your front room with a guitar where you thought I'm gonna have a band? Well, that that would have been not Treebeard, but the band Hayes, which would be, which would have been another twenty years earlier. It was my brother Paul and myself had always been interested in music. There was always music around the house when we were little kids. It was sort of Tchaikovsky and Holtz, Beatles and Stones. That's what my mum and dad always played in the, back in the sixties and when we I think we yeah, we were very interested in music and when we st- when I was like 13, I got into Slade and whatever was in the charts at the time and then gradually sort of got more and more into uh, more sophisticated music and my brother Paul was also a very dedicated musician and we played together from about the age of 12 or 13, just playing guitars around the house, wanting to you know be in a band. Yeah. And we formed Hayes by the time I was 17. That, uh, we did that for 20 years, well, 10 years of Hayes and 10 years playing together with my brother in sort of other lineups. 
and it was around roughly 20 years ago now that we'd reformed the original Hayes lineup for a one-off gig at the boardwalk in Sheffield, an anniversary show. And I'd kind of had this idea that I wanted to carry on doing music with something a little bit different. And actually a huge inspiration for that was Jake of Kingfisher Blue. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen Jake playing at the Wapentech with Anna on the fiddle. And he was playing like Waterboy's songs, stuff like Losing My Religion, a lot of songs, a lot of uh, Steve Earle songs, that kind of thing. And I just thought, I'd really like to do a band that was a little bit like this, because what we'd done before then was just totally you know, as different as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to try doing something like that. And that was really how Treebeard started out, was kind of we start out the guys who were in Hayes, but playing acoustically rather than electrically, and we got a fiddle player involved. And then we went whichever way the wind was blowing. I think our first pub gig, the landlady more or less said, oh, have you got a fiddle player? If you can play Devil Went Down to Georgia, we'll book you. So we're like, right, learn Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> then there's a beer festival comes along and goes, oh, we'll, we'll book you if you play Brown Eyed Girls. We're like, yeah, all right, learn that. And we very much, the band evolved from just playing our own songs acoustically to really playing whatever places wanted. And we ended up doing hundreds of beer festivals, lots of weddings, lots of private parties. But a lot of what we were doing was just acoustic covers of popular songs. Yeah. I mean, some of them were quite interesting, you know, doing uh, Motez Ace of Spades on fiddle and accordion, for example, was quite... Uh, <laughs> yeah, very different. <laughs> a bit out on a limb. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was fun, and we had a great time. We played a lot of stuff, but uh, a lot of the time we were just playing sort of party songs for parties. Do you remember your first gig? Where you first had to stand up in public and be accountable, shall we say? We, we always say the first the first Hayes gig was Stephen Hill Youth Club in something like 1977, but actually the first gig that I ever did was Paul and me, and my mum used to work at Bowl Hill School, which yeah. is you know just down the way, oh, right. I mean, it's long gone now. She, she worked there, and they had like a school summer fair, so we got me and Paul together from playing, I think... Paul must have been about 12 and I was about 14 and we got our first electric guitars, you know, sort of 30 quid jobs from the uh, local junk shop kind of thing. And we'd, we'd learned this little set of like the Beatles, Michelle and a couple of other, probably Albatross or something like that. The sort of things that you learn to play when you're first learning. And we we got up there and played at, at the Bowl Hill School Summer Fair, which must have been very early in the 70s. I think that was our first public performance. I noticed on Friday night that you have a recollection of guitars behind you, mm. all tuned up. You spent a lot of time making sure they were all in tune. <laughs> so, how many different instruments do you play? Oh, I don't know really. Most things with strings on uh, don't put me anywhere near a fiddle or a flute or anything like that. It's to be absolutely rubbish. I couldn't do that. But I started out as a keyboards player and a bass player. Picked up a bit of guitar. I was never, never as good as my brother was on guitar, so I kind of mainly stuck to the bass playing or a bit of rhythm. When we started Treebeard, I saw this amazing instrument in wavelength music. I'd never seen anything like it before, like an eight-stringed instrument with a long neck and a pear-shaped body. I was just like, wow, I've got to have that. It was 99 quid, so I thought, I'll have it. I didn't even know what it was. It was a bazooki. Later found out that Andy Irving had sort of popularised it in Irish music, although it was originally a Greek instrument. And I was just blown away by having this incredible instrument and started learning kind of Irish-type stuff. That was probably the first time I took an interest in jigs and reels. transition from six strings to eight difficult? Probably not, because I was a bass player anyway, so I found more of the transition from four to six difficult. And then going to eight, it's just like the, the paired strings, so it is only like playing four strings anyway. 
Right. And I'd always been into the idea of playing a twelve-string guitar, which again, I'm, I guess, being you sort of when you play bass, you play very heavy-fingered. You, you don't do anything delicate, so it's quite easy to play something like a twelve-string where you're having to push on really hard to fret you know strings in yeah. pairs. So the bazooki was just like that. So I started learning you know st- stuff from uh, stuff from the Fairport Convention set and things like that, and just a sort of jigs and reels. Started going to the music sessions. Red House was one where the University Kalisok had a session, so I always used to go to that, and uh, you know lots of kids just playing tunes. So I, I kind of picked up a lot from them. Yeah, I, I think I've seen you at a Red House. Actually, mm. I know I mentioned the Harley Quinn. Mm. I said Linda's uh, Great Rex always used to mention you, I'm sure. Right, yes, you, I used you to you go to the Red House, I think. Then yeah, Linda that's right. There. Yeah, that's yeah. where Linda got you from, isn't it? That, yeah. That's where I remember. The Red House, Linda, yeah, yeah, when she yeah. moved there. So yeah. so I sort of predate you in a way. Mind you, you've only got to look at me, and I do. Um, right, okay. I did notice also that you've got a fair collection of different kind of instruments too you got the biggest balalaika I've, I've ever seen in fact i never imagined there was one so big that it had its own stand yeah so where did that come from yeah that's a contrabass balalaika again uh, the balalaika is a russian instruments and usually you just see the little ones uh, i think they, they call the prima balalaika which was the small one as i was playing they're the sort of thing that you can pick up in a junk shop for 30 quid but there's a whole family like in the violins violas cellos double bass there's a whole family of balalaikas in the same vein and the biggest is the contrabass balalaika now i actually got that from a folk music shop in uh, san francisco but i ordered it <laughs> on the internet yeah so i think it was about 700 dollars for the balalaika and another 400 for the shipping so that well, was quite rob, an expensive beast yeah rob loden was playing rob was playing that yeah, yeah. and it's it's sort of like half as big again as him <laughs> yeah, yeah as we, th- we thought give the biggest instrument yeah, to the smallest, to the smallest the member of the band and yeah. then the one that kerry was playing was a bass balalaika so that's just like it's still deep tuned but just an octave higher than the contrabass and i got that from uh i can't even remember now some country in eastern europe i paid by some dodgy western union money transfer so it was kind of fingers crossed whether it was ever going to arrive or not i think i paid about 400 quid for that what i'm going to do now is allow you to introduce your first track right well this is this is a song that kerry wrote she originally wrote it for her band follow the moon and then we sort of take it for tree beard and revamped it in our style this is a song called turn to gold how right. would you describe it as a track it's possibly one of the sort of popular, more cheerful things that we do. It's a very lively number featuring Kerry on the lead vocals. So it uh, turns gradually into a foot stomper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like yeah, that. I'm yeah. going to tell everybody to get the foot stomping <laughs> right. on when they listen to these tracks. So, right, here we go with Treebeard.
Now, you did mention before the track that your band lineup had broken and you had to reform the band. So can you tell me something about that? If it was not too traumatic. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a little, but uh, yeah, as, as I say, we formed Treebeard, getting on for twenty years ago now, and it was the three members of Hayes, the rock band we'd been in, my brother, myself, and our drummer Paul Chisnell. Uh, we recruited a, a fiddle player and a guitar and mandolin player, so there were five of us. And that's how the band started and recorded the first CD, Heavy Wood. Then the fiddle player, him and his wife had a couple of kids and he started missing a lot of gigs. So I recruited Kerry to come in. She basically plays flute, but also plays a bit of fiddle. So she was kind of covering for Gordon when he wasn't in the band and then sort of playing back up to him when he was. And we eventually reached a point of sort of, we were all getting a bit dissatisfied with how it was going. So we lost Gordon, Chris Jellis left. So we were down to a four piece. Then... Kerry's sister Catherine came in, who also plays fiddle. So we had a new five-piece lineup then of my brother, and myself, Paul Chisnell on the drums, and sisters Cat and Kerry. Then Paul Chisnell re retired. He'd been suffering very badly with his hearing, the tinnitus, and was really struggling to go out do, doing gigs. He's still playing in a band called Half Howard, but they do very folky stuff. They don't do anything with drums or anything noisy. So they're they're a good band. They're worth checking out. I say much quieter stuff than us. So Paul's son Danny was a drummer came in and he joined the band so we had yet another <laughs> lineup for the band then but again Paul and Danny and Kat were struggling to do the gigs Paul and Kat were married and they'd had a couple of young children Danny was going away to university Paul to be fair was never that bothered about the Treebeard music anyway he always preferred the original stuff we'd done with Hayes so it kind of all came to a head at one point where Paul just wouldn't do a gig and it was it was the day of the concert that we were setting off to the gig, so we just did some frantic ringing around on the way to the show. We got me and Kerry in the van texting everybody we yeah. knew, and we recruited Rob, who'd moved to Sheffield a year before that, and Paul Pearson, of course, I'd known for years. And we basically we we debuted the new band on stage. Well, I say stage; it was the back of a truck at a festival. But last uh, last October, yeah, it's amazing what you can do at a push. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, they always say that, uh, I mean, I used to have a boat, and they always say that the best bailing machine you can get for a boat is a frightened man with a bucket. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the devil drives. It definitely um, puts us under a bit yeah, of pressure. Tell me there. something about Kerry. She's, she's an interesting character. Uh, That's one word. <laughs> yes. There's one way of putting it, is, that, <laughs> is yeah. that what you were about to say? Yeah, I, I, I first met Kerry in 2002, 2003, when she was at Sheffield University, part of Kaleysock. She'd been playing and writing tunes for quite a long time already by then. I recruited her into the Treebeard lineup probably about 2005, something like that. We've been, we've been going out now for some 10 years or so. She's, yeah, I mean, she started off, I think, as a teenager. She went down the pub with her mum, saw this folk rock band, liked the look of the fiddle player, Oh, I can do that. Went home, practiced a bit of flute. Two weeks later, she'd joined the band on flute. Right. Uh, <laughs> and like, like, still at school getting paid 10 quid and free beer for playing a gig every Saturday night. It was like luxurious. I think that got her into yeah, the world yeah. of music. Wow. I think she funded I'd most... i take that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she funded most of university by playing in Cayley bands. Uh, she's written a lot of tunes and played in a lot of Cayley bands. Bands like Hecate have covered some of her tunes uh, that she's written. They did record one on one of her albums. She's one of these who just picks an instrument up. Like, she's recently started playing bass. She's got this little mini ukulele bass that 
Oh yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, I, I, I did a double take on it because it just looks like a ukulele, it, and it then I realised yeah. it was strung with washing line. That, that's it. He's got he's got these, <laughs> and that's what I could hear on the bass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got these like big fat rubbery strings on it. But yeah, it produces quite a nice double bass kind of sound. So yeah, she's very much one who just like she was like, it's a bass. How hard can it be? She just picked it up and played it. Oh so no, they make you sick, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you see those two guitars on the wall there? Yeah. I can't play that. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much you try. Yeah. I know where all the chords are. Yeah. But, yeah, but can I get music out of it? Yeah. No way, obviously. Yeah. But the thing is, well, she's got like absolutely no knowledge of sort of music theory at all. You know, you couldn't say to her, play an F. She's give F? you this look, yeah. yeah. But if you just pick something up and play it. Whereas I, I approach it more. I suppose from a scientific technical point of view that although I've never had any formal music education, I taught yeah. myself and I taught myself all the theory. So I know exactly what notes fit what chords and what chords fit together and what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. options you've got. For me, it all comes from that sort of theoretical knowledge, whereas yeah, her, I, it's just totally I did all that, but it didn't tell me air. at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, not one iota. Yeah, I think I did that after I learned to play, which I think was the right way around. Yeah. I think if you learn to play through the theory, I mean, I've got a cousin who plays in a whole symphonic orchestra or something on viola, and a great player, and I've, I've got her to play with us on some albums, but I have to score everything out for her. I can't just say to her, play something in E minor, Yeah. which, like I say to the other band members, right, it's in E minor, play something, and they'll do it. With her, I actually score the note, because I think if you have that formal education, it can kind of restrict, you know, you think you can only play something if it's on a bit of paper in front of you. So I think it's probably better to learn to play first and then yeah, if you need some theory, go yeah, out and learn yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. One of your other band members, Coffee Paul, mm. or Paul Pearson, the man with the hat, I actually yeah. saw him naked on Friday. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen him without his oh, hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wears it to bed. Yeah. We were in uh, in the Red House one night and a friend mm. of ours was a Mexican musician, guitarist mm. and singer, absolutely brilliant. And he came up and... He, we were there for the session, and he said, "There's only one musician in here who's who re- is a real musician." So I said, "Well, who's that then? Because mm. there must have been half a dozen people playing." Yeah. He said, "Paul, mm. Paul Pearson," and I told Paul, yeah. and he was glowing for days because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he's a lot of respect for George, mm. uh, our Mexican friend, and right. uh, but he is a good musician, mm. and and he's he's very passionate. And, and it's probably a really welcome addition to your band, I would yeah. have thought. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's given us yeah. like an extra, an extra sort of texture to it. I always felt we were like, with the new line that we put together, it's kind of, you know, it's trying to be like, you know, sort of Crosby, Stills and Nash, sort of yeah. three people who are very much writers in their own respect, doing their own songs. And like, whenever we do one of my songs, the other guys are backing me. Whenever we do one of Rob's songs, we're backing Rob. Whenever we do one yeah. of Kerry, you know, like that. And Paul was kind of like, the wild card, like the Neil Young coming into the lineup, who brought something yeah a little bit different, and yeah, a little it bit of a feel like to it, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you were actually you were remarkably tight on uh, Friday night. Oh, good. <laughs> given, given such a lineup, you know, given such a, a huge lineup, really, and such a, a vastly different lineup, mm-hmm. it was quite tight, and uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. In fact, I enjoyed it so much, I'm going to come and see you again, but. Right now, I think we ought to play your second track. Now, this is Days of Still Cider, of Still, which yes. sounds potent. So, uh, yes, this and is, this is yeah. track eight off your new Leaves CD. That, that's right. This is yeah, a, this so is a song of Rob's. Explain it. Yeah, it's one of Rob's songs when he 
he moved to Sheffield a couple of years ago now. He'd, he'd just come out of a relationship uh, that had broken up rather badly. And he sort of, he basically one night after a gig we'd done, with, I played with Robin in another band, me and Kerry played with him in a band called Jabberwocky that just did sort of Irish cover stuff and we used to go out. We used to go out to the East Coast. Uh, we used to go out to like Scunthorpe and Skeggy and uh, Cleethorpes and stuff like that, playing gigs. And after one gig, he was just like, can I come home with you tonight? It was all finished for him. So we said, yeah. He came home, stopped, stopped in the spare room and then next day, just went out, found himself a flat in Sheffield, and that was it. He'd moved to Sheffield, and like he, he quickly settled into the whole music scene. I took him around all the open mics and the sessions and stuff, showed him what was where, and now he's established you know, quite a little name for himself, doing his own, you know, doing his own thing. He's often playing up at the Cremorne and places like that. But this was he was, I think it was quite a difficult time for him, sort of with at the end of this relationship, and the song was very much it was very much a sort of love lost kind of thing. Right. Uh, okay. We don't. We don't do many love songs really, but this is a this is a quite an well, intense, passionate you, one. You, from you Rob. need a, you need a breadth to the range, don't <laughs> exactly, you? Exactly. You know, the odd love song actually just helps to highlight everything else that you do, yeah. I think, and gives the old people like me time to settle down <laughs> yeah. and get my yeah. ears back. Yeah, you, if you yeah, know what I mean. That's it. This is <laughs> yeah. one as well that uh, uh, you were mentioning, like the big lineup at the, the gig. I mean, Anna who played the fiddle and uh, Karen who played the saxophone and clarinet. They're both members of Kerry's band, but they just sort of joined us for Treebeard on this. But Anna did guest on a couple of songs on the CD, and this is one where it's Anna playing fiddle Good. Uh, on Rob's song. Are, they, are we now talking about Follow the Moon? Is that, that That's right. That, yeah, that's, that's their that's, band. Okay, well, we'll come back Kerry's to Follow band. the Moon. That's probably another, yeah. another okay. subject. But yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll come. <laughs> might even be another conversation. <laughs> but we'll come back to Follow the Moon after we've heard Days yeah. of Still Cider, which yeah. is a Rob Loden song track. performed yeah. by Treebeard, and it's on New Leaves, the new CD. Just tell me where we can get the CD from. I'm hoping you're going to leave me that one, but where, where, on where can everybody else get one? <laughs> yeah, you, we have them at the gigs. They're on sale at the gigs. Uh, you can order them from the website, treebeard.org.uk, or our Facebook page, Treebeard Band. You can find them there. It's also available in an online format for all the younger folks. It's on Bandcamp, it's on iTunes, it's on Amazon. So if you just look there, Treebeard New Leaves, it's there, it's well, streaming yeah. or downloadable, or if you want. I the, keep the... saying, for all else, there's Google. <laughs> yeah. Treebeard yeah. New Leaves. If you Google you, it and something will come find up. you. But yeah, if you find the website, there's an order form on there, or I've got it yeah. on uh, eBay as well. Um, right. If yeah, if you go to the Treebeard website, find it there. You okay. Can, you can order it online. And I'll so everybody rush out and buy one, please. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. Please, please, please. It's Christmas coming up. And, uh, and this, as this will go out before Christmas, this gives you the opportunity to buy a Treebeard mm-hmm. CD and give it to your bestest friend. Okay, so now we'll hear Days of Still Cider. But a maiden so fair With her long golden hair At the start of a day of still cider We went a-walking great well quarry to see Came across an old kiss and gate Hey, hey, says he If we exchange a kiss 
Well, as we mentioned before that track, you uh, you have several members of your band who are also in a separate band, and I think you said that was called Follow the Follow Moon. Follow the Moon, yeah. I mean, uh, if 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 we've time for the full story, maybe we haven't. <laughs> Well, Cut it if we, we haven't, have. but uh, maybe we, we have. We, we all play in a in a number of different bands. If I can remember to give you a rough. I mean, like Paul Pearson obviously still goes out and does his own material, yeah, and yeah. me and Kerry frequently back him doing that. I see the I see his hat wandering into the garden on, <laughs> oh, yes, on a Friday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. But Paul's always out. If we're not out playing somewhere, Paul will be out playing somewhere yeah. at a session or something. James, who we recruited on drums and percussion only a year ago. He plays in a lot of other bands. I mean, he played in the support band Friday night. They were a brand new band called the Night Bees, who did some quite remarkable stuff. He also plays in the Silver Darlings, which is Andy. Oh, Whitehouse's Andy Whitehouse's band. band. Yeah. yeah, he plays for them. He plays in the Bell Hag Orchestra, which is Richard Masters. Right, and I should be talking project. to Richard very shortly. Yeah. yeah, James is with them. Oh, and he also very incestuous in music. It is, yeah. We all, we, all, we all know everyone else. We're all borrowing musicians off each yeah. other. And he's also got this uh, thing called the Black Tar Rivers Band that don't play very often, but they're a kind of near superstar big band that incorporate lots of other musicians, people from Scott Dunican and the guys from the Barstool Sons of Al Dunican, yeah. people from James's brother's band, Blackthorn, and I think some other band. And they all come together and play in this levelless tribute band called uh, the Black Tar Rivers. So I know they're in, doing one in Barnsley uh, the next year. So that's James, that's Paul. Rob, as I said before, Rob, me and Kerry play in this sort of Irish covers band called Jabberwocky. Rob and myself also play Morrigan's Fire, who are playing with three beers to kick soon right. supporting us. How that, are you going to work that? Because you, you're going to need to be in both bands. Th- yeah, yes, I, th- I don't think I'm... At that particular gig, I don't think I'm going to get off the stage because also... Yeah, I going to say... Kerry and myself also play in another band called the Mother of Crows, backing this Polish singer who does very sort of folk rock, goth folk, Eastern European rock. Yeah. We're all on the same... Transylvanian (laughs) rock. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing stuff. (laughs) We're all on the same bill at Shakespeare soon, uh, 10th of December. Uh, What, I've probably missed a few. You must be exhausted. All, so follow all the, the time. Well, hang on, we stopped following the moon here. <laughs> we've so not even we've not even got to follow the oh, moon. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we're nearly there. All right, Hayes, okay. of course, was the old rock band that I played yeah. with my brother. Kerry also plays with that. And Follow the Moon is basically Kerry's original band for all her own songs. And that I play that with Kerry. James plays drums, Paul Pearson plays percussion with us, and we have Anna, used to playing Kingfisher Blue yeah. and Silver Wheel on the fiddle, and Karen, who plays the saxophone and the clarinet. So both Anna and Karen from Follow the Moon, they joined us in Treebeard on the last Friday night to give us the big band. That's when you were saying, there was, I think there must have been about eight of us on stage, possibly. Yeah. That time. yeah. But Follow the Moon is basically Kerry's project to sort of for her own songs and tunes. What and kind of music do they it's kind of it's on the poppier side of folk. Uh, I like to think that Treebeard is kind of on the rockier side of folk music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say. Whereas Kerry, she she writes you hear some quite traditional sounding jigs and tunes, but the songs she writes are so much more on the sort of pop side of things. I mean, there's there's one of Kerry's two of Kerry's songs, in fact, featured on the uh, new Treebeard CD as well as three of her tunes. But she's got a whole lot of other material that we play in Follow the Moon as well. Very, very talented young lady. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of presents, too. <laughs> now, the third song is uh, Emily's Jig, mm. also from the New Leaves CD. 
Who wrote this one? This is a Kerry one. This is again one of her most most of her tunes as well end up being named after horses, all in those like Emmy, Ella, Emily's, Solly's, Duenna's. All the names of her tunes are named after horses that she's had in the past. Uh, and this, yeah, this is one that we started. One of the bands I forgot to mention was uh, the Cayley band, the Outlandish Knights. Kerry and myself playing with uh, the members of Hayes, and we go out basically doing Cayleys. But again, as you perhaps might imagine, quite rocked up Cayleys with sort of electric guitar and drums, as well as the fiddles and flutes. And a lot of our set is tunes that Kerry's wrote. So again, she writes a lot of material for the Outlandish Nights, and this is one that started out as an Outlandish Nights tune. Anna liked it, so we started playing it in Follow the Moon, and then when I was putting the new CD together, I thought, we need some more tunes on this. I thought, perfect, let's do a Treebeard version of this. So we took what was quite a traditional-sounding jig, just a sort of, you know, a, a Cayley dance tune, and we just kind of ramped it up a bit, and you hear as the track goes on, it builds up with sort of the electric guitars and the keyboards and everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've ramped it up quite a lot, <laughs> uh, especially if it's the one I heard on uh, Friday night. Yeah, yeah, we did it on Friday. Yeah, right. So let's have a listen to Emily's Jig.
thank you for Emily's jig. Thank you very much, Kerry. Uh, one of the things I want to ask Chris is, is how is it that when I go out usually once a week to listen to music somewhere, I've not bumped into you every time I've gone out because <laughs> you're in so many places <laughs> at once. You're becoming quite ubiquitous. Yeah. So obviously I'm going to different pubs than you. And one of the nice things about seeing you last Friday, actually a friend of ours said, come up. Actually, what she did do was tell us to go to the Crothsides at Totley, yeah. which is <laughs> the wrong one. The second <laughs> time this has happened to me. And so we ended up at the Crothsides at Totley, nothing on there. So we rang her and she said, oh, it's on at uh, Derbyshire Lane. Yeah. yeah. One of the things it's done is introduce me to this parallel world of music that's going in Sheffield mm. I was more into the Harlequin to the Red House to the Gardeners mm. and, and that kind of so easy listening kind probably. of the acoustic sessions yeah acoustic sessions yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there's a whole parallel world of music in in Sheffield as I'm discovering mm. particularly when I look at your uh, gig guide that you've got mm. on there there are pubs there that I've never thought of uh, never thought of going to really and which is strange because when I was in my teens, early twenties, maybe mid to up to mid twenties, all the pubs in Sheffield had music on mm. just about. Yeah. And the bigger pubs, the estate pubs, spe specifically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all the working men's clubs had bands on. Yeah. I used to knock about with a band. I used to do a bit of roading and a bit of setting up with them and whatever. Uh, and it was great and good fun, mm. and we went all over the place. Uh, and then it died, and I never sort of picked up that stream again. So really, uh, I want to say a thank you to Susie, who steered me to the wrong pub. But I also want to mm. say a thank you to you, because your gig guide has actually given me an in to this parallel level right. of, uh, <laughs> of music, which I shall now go out and explore over the next few months. And so... Because you're so ubiquitous, no doubt I'm bumping into you on yeah. a regular yeah. basis. So when I do, you can yeah. buy me a pint. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you where you take your music from here. Do you think you've hit your... You peaked too early or, or, or have you got places to do it? I think, I think there's, always, there's always somewhere new to go with the music, both in terms of what we play and where we play it. I mean, a big ambition which was realised to some extent this last summer, is to get out there playing the festivals. And that's one thing that does seem to still be on the up, is that there are so many festivals now all over the country, and not just the big-name festivals, your Leeds and your Glastonbury's and stuff, but a lot of smaller festivals, and also a lot that are just folk music, but a lot that are very varied as well. And... We, we had a really nice taste of doing festivals this summer. Did you stay dry? Because I, I think festivals, <laughs> I, think, I think a well is mud and wet Oh, tents. yes. Yes, we were towed out of the mud at Farmer Phil's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still love camping. And I just really like getting out there, getting the tent set up, getting everything sorted out, then up on stage, get the equipment set up, play your concert, back to the tent. I mean, I just love doing that. Which so. tent? The beer tent or your tent? <laughs> oh, there's always plenty of beer in my tent. With me, it was used to be the beer tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's um, 
I think we played some fantastic festivals over, over this last summer and I'm hoping to get a lot more the summer of next year. So I think that that's a really good place for us to go. I mean, we are playing, like you said, all over the place in Sheffield. I do sometimes worry in case we overexpose, you know, if, like if you give people too many opportunities to see your band, yes. go, ah, we won't bother yeah. to see them this week because we can see them next week. Yeah. But I mean, we are doing a lot. We're doing a Friday, last Friday in the month is a regular thing now at the Cross Sides. I run in a acoustic session the first Sunday afternoon in the month at the White Lion which again that's more informal just sort of people sitting around with acoustic guitars we get a guest to do a set but it's really just a, a more gentle kind of thing just uh, just say that again when is that's, that the, the White Lion is the first Sunday afternoon in the month so this acoustic session you have yeah what what what's that about uh it basically it's just the back room at the White Lion everybody turns up with guitars or whatever else they fancy kick off about three o'clock uh i I run it a bit like an acoustic session just sort of going around you know going around the room inviting people to play songs yeah we usually have a guest each month in fact the guest in december is follow the moon kerry's band so i've got them to do they'll do like a half hour set in the middle and then the rest of the time basically anybody who turns up with an instrument i'll have an opportunity to play it that's uh sunday the third of december Sunday, that's the Sunday afternoon, yeah. Right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll do my best to make that one. Great, so that's the next one. And then the Sunday after that, Sunday 10th of December in the evening, uh, we're up at the Shakespeare in the upstairs room there. Again, that's another pub that puts a lot of like music sessions and things yeah. on downstairs. Uh, but we're up in the upstairs room, and that's a triple bill gig of Morrigan's Fire, which is uh, the band that me and Rob play with, Mother of Crows, which is one which me and Kerry play with, and then Treebeard finishing the night so off. So you're on all night so again. I'll be, I'll be yeah. busy all night with that one. Yeah, but my that, God, that man, what, what energy you've got. <laughs> what, what are you on? <laughs> hey? Three Weetabix in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, thanks for coming up anyway. I mean, it's it's absolutely fascinating. I, I just look at the way these things go. They just blow with the wind, and mm. uh, uh, and all sorts of facts and figures and information come out, um, both about your past and your future. So you said that there's room for development, do you have any plans for developing your music at all? Have you got an agent or no i I do all all the booking and the publicity and promotion myself and to be honest, that is the bit that's hard work. Yes. if someone else would do that, then I'd have a lot more time to spend just thinking about writing and that for me is that the big thing is sort of writing and recording original material like I said, Rob Kerry and myself have written a lot independently. What I think we'd like to do with the next CD, which we're already talking about for next year, is to do more stuff that's collaborative and written together. Uh, we've already started rehearsing a few ideas, but just to try and you know, write more material as a band. I think I'm happy with musically the way we've gone. I say we've moved away from playing a lot of cover versions and a lot of just sort of acoustic versions of pop songs. We've moved towards playing more of our own songs, and we kind of I'm trying to develop a kind of a festival style of folk rock. The sort of thing that's lively enough to appeal to people at festivals. Yeah, uh, I still want a bit of substance behind it. You know, you still want lyrics that are worth making the effort to listen to. Still want a bit of depth in the music, but I I do want to play kind of party music that's going to appeal to people. Yeah, you know, yeah, in a muddy field, in dance uh, in the mud. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's mud. kind <laughs> of where <laughs> kind of my vision of this. And one of the good things, perhaps about feel good music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, perhaps one of the good things well about being in so many bands apart from the fact that it's just so tiring and sometimes the logistics are appallingly complicated 
is that it gives you the opportunity to play different music in different contexts. In Morrigan's Fire, me and Rob do a lot of much more delicate sort of finger-picky interweaving guitar. In Mother of Crows, I play keyboards, which is something that I've only ever done in rock bands before. So that's a complete departure for me. So it's nice that you can, in Kerry's Follow the Moon, again, we're playing much more sort of pop, you know, yeah. sort of gentle, yeah. poppy folk rock. So again, it, it gives you... Well, you can tailor it to your audience, it, it, can't you? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and, uh, superb. You know, I, I always thought that uh, disc jockeys were a waste of time until a friend of mine became one. Then I realised that, that it was the creation of the mood mm-hmm. that was important. Yeah. And you really needed someone with a creative streak to, to produce that mood for that yeah. occasion, for that venue. Yeah. And and if you can do that, then you're quids in. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always loved so many different varieties of music from sort of some of the classical stuff that I was brought up on and the old Beatles and the Stones to all the 70s rock and the heavy rock and the progressive rock and then the Celtic music and the folk and the dancier stuff and all just so many different things. But kind of if you did all of those in one band, everyone would probably just be really, really confused. So it's quite nice to be in different bands yeah, and develop different, different directions. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, all that remains really is to say thank you for coming up, Chris, and... Uh, <laughs> that, that's amazing we've got some real depth in there yeah great and, thanks and thank you thank you very yes. very much yes. and I'll just let you just pick a song from your latest CD that's yeah. got a really nice tailing off end to it and we'll uh, let you play us out ooh decisions decisions I know Come on. I oh, you're on the spot man Come right on. you can do it to be honest my, my favourite would have to be The Unbeliever it's Perhaps a bit of a long one, so you might have to fade it or just play yeah. the tail end of it. But okay. it's, that that for me is a personal favourite that sort of brings together all the different aspects of the band. And there's a gentle start and a gentle end. Oh, a lot of noisy, we... noisy stuff in the middle. How can we better that? <laughs> thanks very, very much, Chris. Cheers. Thank thanks you. a lot. Thanks. And play us out now with The Unbeliever. Unbeliever. Thank thanks. you.
That's all for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed your free podcast from Urban Tiger Radio. And if you've hit that subscribe button, you'll be hearing from us again in a week's time. So it's a goodbye from me and a... From Nelly. Goodbye.